now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm ever yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degree-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan Show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, key plaintiffs in the Missouri and Louisiana censorship case against the Biden administration are testifying before Congress with evidence saying that the White House and other government personnel perpetrated, quote, the largest speech censorship operation in recent history. The big question is, is that tyranny? Also, Jean, uh, I should say, Corinne Jean-Pierre is claiming that banning AR-15s would stop mass shootings this is despite such a ban from 1994 to 2004 failing miserably, with even the DOJ then finding that, in their own words, quote, the ban's effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement, unquote. So why the denial? Anyway, without further ado, vis-a-vis this Missouri-Louisiana case, I turn to Jeff Bermont, founder and CEO of Tusk, its conservative online browser. Jeff, good to have you back. How are you today? Hey, Alan, and congratulations, by the way. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, as of this coming June, it'll be a completed 25 years, and we're, we're pretty excited and proud of that here. Um, wow. I want to I go ahead and focus on a few things here with you, because the, wep- the House Weaponization Committee investigating government censoring of Americans uh, by, by di- big tech proxy, they're listening to testimony as we speak from the plaintiffs in a case called Louisiana and Missouri v. Biden et al. Now, one of those witnesses is former Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who is now actually that state's uh, recently elected senator. He's joined by current Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry and former Missouri Deputy Attorney General for Special Litigation 1D, John Sauer. Uh, Now, their case was first filed in May of 2022, and they've been enjoying court-approved depositions ever since, and most recently also had on uh, had a, a federal judge grant them formal standing. So we're off to the races. We're finally off to the races. And these guys refer to it as, quote, the most important free speech lawsuit of this generation, unquote. And i got to say, buddy, given the tonnage of already partly published testimony that they've secured from both resistant FBI agents and willing whistleblowers, uh, perhaps that description is more accurate than not. What say you? Yeah, no, it's... Uh... I think it is accurate from everything I've read. Um, and, you know, I, I, I know the progressives' defense on this as well. No one made, you know, Twitter or other censored people to censor this. No one forced them to do that. I take that just so if you had the FBI show up at your door and, you know, every week they were there and they were telling you, you need to do this, you need to do this. 
uh, I would be doing that, right? You're, yeah, you're, but even if they lobby for correct. it, it's wrong. Even if they didn't yeah, no, have the I, leverage that they applied, which you're right. right, they did coerce. You know, they did do coercion. Uh, the Flaherty, uh, one of the bigwigs over the Biden, Biden administration, uh, he's been caught red-handed in his emails, his communications, really pressuring them. Look, the government has the right to push its own um, uh, messaging all it wants. What it doesn't have the right to do is to push media outlets to counter yes. uh, the messaging of those who would be in dissent of those government uh, narratives. So they can push all the narratives they want. What they can't do is lobby any media outlet to uh, oppose or to quash the narratives of those in opposition to government positions. That's what they can't do. And whether you uh, violate the First Amendment directly or indirectly, you're still violating it, are you not? Yes, yes, no. Totally you are, and I, and I totally agree with your position on this. And I don't know what the remedies are is part of, part of my question. Obviously, the exposure uh, to a lawsuit, and, and they've been doing this outright. I mean, this is the reason why I'm in the, the game of, of working on search and browsing is because there's, whether it's the government or it's, you know, these, the big tech companies who've decided to censor you, and it's uh, on search, it's kind of a, you know, it's an underlying one where they hide the information you're interested in, and they hide that they put it on page five, six, seven, eight, and you never go to five, six, seven, eight in the search. Right. So this is one of my causes. The reason I got involved was because of the censorship. So this is to me is really an important case, and I don't know what the. I mean, I don't know what you do these these. I mean, well, I, what I would you think do is what we see being criminal. done because the only other alternative is the Second Amendment option. I mean, the Second Amendment yeah, says a well-regulated yeah. militia, and that means in good working order. It doesn't mean government regulating it, okay? Well, yeah. The words mean what the words were meaning at the time they were written, because that's the standard. You can't say, I mean, because if we go with living document theory, wherein, uh, you know, all of a sudden uh, our, our, our protections are, are limited because of the age of their text, then we're in trouble. I mean, by that measure, uh, all of a sudden, uh, our, our protections become less guaranteed simply because of the age of their text. So we don't want to go yeah. that route. So let's look at what it actually means. A well-regulated militia being in good, meaning that it's in good working order, okay? A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So uh, remember, everybody out there, uh, the Second Amendment is not there to guarantee our hunting rights, okay? It's there to ensure that we can always take care of business if we're ever confronted by a rogue local, state, or federal government. Now, we can't go willy-nilly and herky-jerky into these things. We have to wait for our, our, our institutional processes to work themselves out, checks and balances and reciprocal checks and balances. But if we find that government in the aggregate disconnects itself from the very laws it requires the rest of us to follow, well, that's when the government is in rebellion against all of us, and that's when uh, we have the only time that we are allowed to revolt. I guess you would agree with me on that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, hopefully we, you know, we never get to that. No, hopefully we never get there, but right, the only right. reason why the government would ever be inclined to behave itself is because of that leverage. I mean, Thomas yes. Jefferson once made it clear, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, how long could a country hold on to its liberties unless its leaders are reminded from time to time that its people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms, he said. He was in defense of the Second Amendment. Now, yes. when it comes to the government coercing uh, the big tech people, uh, emails show that Biden's director of digital strategy, this Rob Flaherty, pushed Facebook's executive hierarchy to be as censorial as needed when he wrote, quote, I care mostly about what actions and changes you're making to ensure you're not making our country's uh, vaccine hesitancy problem worse. I still don't have a good empirical answer on how effective you've been at reducing the spread of vaccine skeptical content and misinformation to vaccine fence sitters, unquote. Now, this douchebag forgets two things. Firstly, even wrongfully grounded arguments are protected under the First Amendment. But secondly, he forgets that accusations of misinformation must be shown and not merely declared, right? Otherwise, those actions become the perfect tool for any schmuck to shut down free speech, right? I mean, am I accurate about this reptilian near-do-well or am I being too unkind? I ask you, sir. No, no. He, he clearly sounds like he threatened 
if nothing else, he threatened, uh, and not that they weren't compliant and they didn't want to go along with it, but clearly he threatened Twitter. And and he should be held responsible for threatening, a, you know. That's what bothers me the most, Ellen, is that we have all these hearings and then there's never a na- person named to who does these things and there's no reper- repercussions to him. He's not fired. He's not he's not put in handcuffs. And that's one of the things I object to. It feels like they're above the law. No, I completely agree with you on that. And unless we have these kinds of consequences written into laws, they're going to continue enjoying this qualified immunity that doesn't just protect them from incompetence, but seems to insulate them from what would otherwise be thought of as a crime-fraud exception. In my estimation, there's a crime-fraud exception to everything, including laws that would say that there's no such thing as a crime-fraud exception. I mean, if you're going to go ahead and violate the law under the trappings of official then, then all you've done is just shown you don't deserve to have your official status. More on this upon a return. New research released to mark the International Day of Math reveals that math is the subject most American adults say they're afraid of, but is also the subject they most want their children to be good at. So to help them support their children in building confidence with numbers, a new, fun and engaging computer game called Teach Your Monster Number Skills has hit the market. Junaid Mabeen is a math expert from Number Skills, and he says building your child's confidence from an early age is vital. Getting kids confident with numbers from a very young age is so important to their long-term success in mathematics. And the reason I use Teach Your Monster Number Skills with my own children is that it teaches them about numbers, about how creative and, and playful numbers can be. It's very fun and also educationally very powerful. You can download this great game today. Just search for Teach Your Monster Number Skills online. It's available on all desktop and mobile devices. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Um, key plaintiffs in the Missouri and Louisiana censorship case against the Biden administration are testifying before Congress with evidence saying that the White House and other government personnel perpetrated, quote, the largest speech censorship operation in recent history. Uh, assuming this is true and they're just caused to do just that, wouldn't such a thing, wouldn't such activities be tyrannical? Wouldn't it be tyrannical? Now, these guys are saying their evidence proves that Biden and company quote, colluded with social media giants, Meta, Twitter, and YouTube to censor free speech in the name of combating so-called disinformation and misinformation. Now, uh, let me go ahead and right now introduce an uh, old friend of the show, uh, none other than Jeff Bermont, sticking around, and we appreciate that, founder and CEO of Tusk, which is a conservative online browser. I recommend everybody check it out. Jeff, appreciate you hanging out with us again. Thanks. No problem. Love to. Thanks. I uh, want to hop into something here now. Again, the the, the crux of the um, complaint uh, or the crux of the evidence is showing that the Biden people uh, did tag team with Meta, Twitter, and YouTube to censor free speech, once again, all in the name of combating so, so-called misinformation and disinformation. Now, given that the Twitter files also show government actors calling for these acts in their own words. And that said acts would only bolster the plaintiff's claims of government censorship by big tech proxy. It would seem that their case against the Biden government has become that much stronger, has it not? Yes. Um, yeah, yes. And my question is, how? Let's, let's take a Nixon example. How far up the chain did this go of the, of the, of the censorship? Did it go all the way to the president? Did he know about the censorship that was going? Did he okay this? I mean, that's he's the you know he's the chief executive. So just like Nixon, did he order this kind of behavior, which is clearly illegal? No, and and, and that kind of lawlessness is something for which uh, uh, others you know should, folks should be held accountable, without a doubt. Yeah, and no and doubt. the crux and the crux of the plaintiff's case apparently is claiming that the Biden White House and like-minded thinkers in the FBI, DOJ, Department of Homeland Security, the NIH, the CDEC, you name it, they all suppressed a ton uh, of what was later shown to be truthful information because uh, that information uh, was just contrary to their preferred narratives that pushed everything from COVID protocols to their stance against the COVID lab leak theory and, of course, their suppression of the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story based on they're now thoroughly debunked claim that it was a product of Russian propaganda. I mean, this is all a very big deal. Um, but I tell you what, let me pause right now. And let's share some of the uh, testimony going on as we speak. Uh, you're going to be hearing an exchange between Congressman Greg Stubbe, uh, Stubbe, I should say, S-T-E-U-B, he's a Republican out of Florida. He notes that Democrats uh, are, kind of, are going to be kind of irritated at how emails uh, provided to the committee are sort of uh, undercutting their own preferred narrative on all this. Um, but uh, uh, John Sauer has some explanations on this. He, of course, is one of the witnesses. He's Louisiana Special Assistant AG and also former Missouri uh, Solicitor General. Uh, and this guy's disputing the Biden administration's narrative about censoring information by none other than who? Rob Flaherty, the White House Director of Digital Strategy, basically telling Facebook the, the content that they should be posting. Clip four, James, if you please. The Biden administration and, and these emails, um, much to the chagrin of my colleagues on the other side who say there's no evidence that Mr. Flattery um, was working with Facebook. I mean, these emails that you put are actually part of your uh, statement today. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and I mean, you have conversations here about content. You have conversations here about vaccines. You have Facebook sharing uh, attachments and research with Mr. Flattery. You have Mr. Flattery uh, telling them, I think, like actually telling them what Facebook should be doing. And I'll just read a quick expert and again, excerpt. And again, this is in the materials that you provided the committee. Uh, generally, I think some combo of the following would be effective. Some kind of thing that puts the news in context if folks have seen it, like COVID news panel. I mean, he's directing Facebook of how they should 
promulgate information, uh, which I would say is disinformation, but their opinion on certain information. Uh, and there's, it's right there in your, in your testimony that you've given here today. And again, uh, Flaherty didn't just say that. This uh, uh, Biden's director of digital strategy, Rob Flaherty, uh, Flaherty um, again, was pushing Facebook executives and the hierarchy uh, to be even more censorial than what the congressman just quoted. He also wrote, quote, I care mostly about what actions and changes you're making to ensure you're not making our country's vaccine hesitancy problem worse. I still don't have a good empirical answer on that, on how effective you've been at reducing the spread of vaccine skeptical content and misinformation to vaccine fence sitters, unquote. Now, again, these are presuppositions masquerading as settled argument versus showing how the argument was ever actually settled unless we can have an open online discussion over what constitutes misinformation or disinformation, it then really does just turn into the perfect tool for any schmuck to shut down freedom of speech. I mean, when you think about it, everybody who disagrees with one another does so because each believes the other to be misinformed. But that's never been a justification for for crushing free speech, has it, my friend? No, no. this This is a new phenomenon. As I said, the reason I got into this fight well, this is a new phenomenon in the last, I don't know, maybe since Obama was the uh, pre- first president, where they would decide that they would censor things, and then they would, obviously, they pushed it on, and, and, and I'm, I would probably say happily pushed it on Facebook and Twitter and others who believed the same thing that they believed and thought, well, okay, so if the government's telling us to do that, and we kind of believe that ourselves, we're going to do it. Well, it's 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 gotten so egregious that I'm glad there are more folks like uh, like you out there expanding that which we should have always been able to take for granted, our First Amendment rights. Now, folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking about this case brought against the Biden administration's censorship of uh, the American people, known as Missouri v. Biden, or Louisiana and Missouri v. Biden, et al., for which, again, a federal judge has recently granted standing. But we now learn also... That emails prove that they pressure that they've been pressuring Facebook and others to censor. Get this: the privately exchanged messages of Americans on their WhatsApp service. So, is it accurate to say that these actions not only violate the Constitution's First Amendment rights guaranteed to Americans, but sort of does so while doing a pole dance? Not to be too snarky. I mean, where am I overstating? I mean, also, add this to FBI agent Elvis Chan's deposition in this particular case, admitting that the FBI's, uh, that the FBI lobbied Twitter to censor dissenting posts against the government's narratives on COVID protocols, as well as illegal immigration and the botched uh, Afghanistan pullout and its suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. You had all these things together. And my friend, don't we see an unambiguous avalanche of illegal acts committed by government operatives all under the trappings of officialdom? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. And and the heads of these departments should actually, you know, they, these guys should be fired or let go. Uh, this is un, It's incredible. I, I, I find it disgusting. Yeah. I find it absolutely disgusting. disgusting. And... Um, well, of course, uh, always great to have you on, and uh, as usual, never enough time. Jeff Berman, everybody, founder and CEO of Tusk, which is a conservative online browser. Uh, check it out. You'll have more protections than uh, you're currently enjoying, I'm sure. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. IT departments at small and medium-sized enterprises face an overwhelming number of challenges, from blocking security risks to managing remote employees. The temptation is to acquire all the latest tools to defend against these challenges. Ultimately, all these solutions accumulate into a messy, overcomplicated, and expensive mess, a scenario known as IT sprawl. The solution, according to the open directory platform provider JumpCloud, lies in a process called IT unification. IT unification lets IT teams do more by maximizing existing investments and plugging gaps that lead to higher costs, overspending, and more work. JumpCloud Vice President Teresa Lawler. IT sprawl is all too common for today's admins and a critical, often complex challenge to tackle. 
Luckily, there are steps to combat the security and cost concerns of IT sprawl. You'll gain the benefit of higher TCO, security, visibility, and a simpler end-user experience. For more, visit jumpcloud.com. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar. Never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen. Simply Orange goes perfectly with breakfast at Burger King and is rich in vitamin C. And now through March 31st on the BK app, Royal Perks members get a free single croissant sandwich with any Simply Orange juice purchase. Use code BREAKFAST to redeem. Get a jump on spring with breakfast at Burger King. Because you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, Royal Perks account required. Restrictions apply. See offer terms for details. Not valid on delivery orders. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Republicans in Congress need to show some courage. And if they had courage, they would be introducing legislation on assault ban uh, uh, on banning assault weapons today. That's what they would be doing today. And we know, and Stephen, I know, because we've had this conversation back and forth about assault ban uh, assault weapons ban. That has when when there was one what is legislation that turned into law that the president uh, uh, led on 30 years ago. We know that it saved lives. We know that to be a fact. But yet they refuse, they refuse to move forward. And yet guns, as we know, is the leading cause that is killing our kids. 
and they refuse. They refuse to show some courage and do anything about it. And that's shameful. No, what's shameful is the masturbated sophistry coming from uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. You are listening to a corrupted syllogism. Syllogism is a primary premise followed by a secondary premise equaling a conclusion. Here she's saying, uh, we all want courage. Here's our agenda to get the, to show that you have courage. If you don't follow our agenda, you're not showing courage. Well, that, that's a presupposition masquerading a settled argument. That presupposes that an agenda is validated by its stated goal. That's a load of crap. An agenda is never, ever, 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 ever validated by its stated goal. Why? Because that's the job of the agenda, to validate itself by showing how its properties would achieve that stated goal or its stated principles. It doesn't get get to hide behind the stated goal in whose name its agenda is ostensibly proffered. That's a load of crap. For instance... She vacuously presupposes that banning AR-15s and AK-47s would have preempted the killings in Nashville, despite said ban in 1994 having failed miserably over its 10-year span, and after which the DOJ found the drop in gun violence was, quote-unquote, too small for reliable measurement. Too small. Are you kidding me? Specifically, the DOJ said, quote, the ban's effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement, quote, unquote. And the DOJ's report went on to describe the nominal reduction that did occur as one that could have been ascribable to any other vague organic happening because it wound up continuing another five years after the ban ended. Please. And, of course, the crap we heard about the kids, how it's the leading cause of death of kids, no. When you look at the age of children being from 0 to 17, the number of firearm-related deaths for children was 2,281. It's too much. It was, that's what it was in 2020. But the number of motor vehicle deaths for that same category of ages was 2,503. So as a matter of factual representation... No. Vehicle deaths were responsible for the demise of most children ages 0 to 17. Now, when you add the ages of 18 and 19, yeah, all of a sudden then you can fallaciously give a presentation that the greatest cause of deaths among the youths are, are firearms. But again, you become an adult at 18. You are definitely an adult at 19. So look at the age of the children from 0 to 17. You find that Karine Jean-Pierre and her boss, Joe Biden, are factually wrong. And also, if you want to be persnickety, if you look at the assault weapons component of the discussion, those deaths are in the hundreds. The cause of deaths from assault weapons, as they call them, which is really a bogus term, you go into a gun store and ask for assault weapons, they're not going to know what section, they're not going to know where to send you, except maybe back out the door because you don't know what you're talking about. But when you look at these rifles, the AR-15s and AK-47s, these semi-automatics, which means they only fire one bullet per trigger pull, they're responsible for maybe like eight or 900 deaths of children. Still too many, but that's not a justification to play fast and loose with the truth. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing, all friends of the show, we haven't had him on for too long, Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Phyllis was an old friend of mine. I still miss her. Uh, he was chairman of the Missouri Republican Party and was chief of staff to Missouri Governor Matt Blunt. Uh, in 2006, he co-authored with Phyllis and Brett Decker the New York Times bestselling book entitled The Conservative Case for Trump. He hosts now the Pro-America Report on Salem Radio. And Martin, good to have you back. How are you today? Uh, it's great. It has been far too long, Alan. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I enjoy listening to you, and I appreciate the chance to visit. No, a pleasure, pleasure to have you back. And I, I miss Phyllis. And Phyllis and I were uh, were po- politically very different. I mean, she was very, yeah. very conservative. I, I'm the centrist slash libertarian type. But we held a bond over the Constitution. And one yep. thing we both yep. embraced was our agreement to disagree with one another, something the left has forgotten. I'm a social progressive, 
But like Phyllis, I believe that arguments rise and fall on their merits uh, mm-hmm. versus the dictates of one side over the other. Um, and, 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 and I was always able to get her to clown around. As you know, she was on my show. <laughs> she was yeah. on my show more than I think virtually any other talk show in the country <laughs> over the years. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. and I could always kibitz and have fun and, you know, uh, yeah. I would tease her she, saying, she, Phyllis, yeah. it's only by debate that you have a chance to learn how much more often I am correct than you. <laughs> yeah, she, and she would zip, she she'd a, zip I, me I, right back. I, I, she, yeah, she did, she did enjoy your show. I know that. And I know she yeah, – I, I enjoy – one thing, people often think Phyllis Schlafly so serious. You know, she was such a well-known conservative. She was, she was bright and alive and funny and interesting. You know, uh, it was a lot of fun to be around her. And, and when I listened to you in the few moments before I came on – you, you, you know, you remind me of her in the sense that you got to make the argument. And now it's important to frame the argument the way you want to. And you see that when you see uh, the White House as they try to frame it. But as you point out, it's one thing to make an argument about what you think the heart of the problem is. It's another thing to lie about it. Right. And to distract us with untruths. For example, I, I when I watch what happened and the reaction to what Nashville, one of the things I think of is we have some really broken people. And I'm not trying to show sympathy for the killer, but I do want to point out that as some on the left have had sympathy for the killer and described how, how the troubled life and all, a lot of these terrible tr- uh, uh, killers in other settings were lonely, scared, uh, dr- pot-smoking, uh, 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 video game-addicted uh, young people, too. It shouldn't excuse our condemnation, but we ought to say to ourselves, there's something, it's not the guns that are the problem. It's, it's that people demean life so much that they're willing to kill themselves and others in the numbers that they have. And you don't have to but look... But they're still cowardly, up. Ed. They're still cowardly because look uh, where they're going. They're not going to federal buildings that are armed, that are hardened yeah, with security. Right. They're not going to banks. All right? They're not going to police stations. How often do you hear about a mass shooting happening at a police station? I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. excuse me, I'm sure it's happened sometime in our history. Yeah, no doubt about that. But... People are more inclined to go to soft targets, but every time you talk about wanting to harden the security of schools, the left immediately sense that, oh, no, that'll eviscerate my argument. We can't have that. Let's just say that children would be frightened by the aesthetics of the firearms being on display. Oh, and we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, gates of security wherein, uh, you you have uh, security personnel with scanners because that too would be uh, too off-putting. Well, you know what? Kids are just fine when they go to airports and they see people armed. They go to airports and they see that you have to go through security measures before you get on a plane. So if the kids are okay with that, I'm sure that if, if anything, they'd be heartened by reminders of the protection they have against mass shooters. But every time you talk about hardening the security of the schools, oh no, that can't be permitted. And it just seems yeah. uh, nonsensical at its core, does it not? It does. And, but, but again, it's, it's nonsensical, except it does follow on a continuum of the left's positions, right? You don't have to go far to see that the lawlessness in my hometown uh, by our prosecutor in the city of St. Louis is insane, right? I mean, the, 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 the le- and the enforcement of laws is, uh, is not based on uh, either punishing or deterring real violent crime. It's based on social justice judgments. So, uh, you know, defund the police may have sounded like a slogan. Well, when you have a continuum from defund the police to, oh, th- you know, don't harden these targets because it'll scare somebody, you're, you're just along the same path where well, because they're trying to they're trying to ensure that we don't take advantage of the serious options that have efficacy so it can look like the only option we have is to remove everybody's gun rights i mean and That's that right. just is as a matter of math is just so easily debunked because i've mentioned here on plenty of occasions the department of justice has a yearly national crime victimization survey and it consistently reports that folks save themselves from robbery, rape, and murder through the mere brandishing of a firearm, and this happens about 100,000 times a year. Now compare that to the 33,000 lives lost each year to guns, with a third of them being suicides, and you clearly see that math shows that guns save more lives than they remove. Now please understand, that 100,000 figure is the smallest amount. It's the only one the left will accept, and they hate doing that. But plenty of other surveys shows that when you look at individual precincts, police precincts, 
that the amount of times people save themselves from robbery, rape, and murder through the mere brandishing of a firearm far exceeds 100,000. It's more like about three to 400,000. But even if we go to the lowest amount that the left will accept, that figure in and of itself still proves that guns save more lives than they take away. More on this upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. 
with PVA staff working inside VA hospitals. No other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Well, stick with the Second Amendment theme here because, once again, Corrine Jean-Pierre is talking out of her backside. She's claiming that banning AR-15s would stop mass shootings, despite said ban from 1994 to 2004 failing to do so. With even the DOJ, the Department of Justice, then finding that, in their own words, quote, the ban's effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement. So I'm wondering why the denial. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing over to the show, Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. He was chairman of the Missouri Republican Party and was chief of staff to Missouri Governor Matt Blunt. Uh, 2016, he co-authored with Phyllis Schlafly and Brett Decker, the New York Times bestselling book, The Conservative Case for Trump. Once again, he hosts the Pro-America Report on Salem Radio. Good to have you back, Ed, and appreciate you sticking around. Yeah, Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, look, I, I, there is a real quickly, I, I, at a certain point, we have to at least you know, acknowledge uh, that the White House is uniquely uh, lying. You know, they really are, uh, as you say, misleading um, regularly. Uh, you know, we're not supposed to object because the the uh, press secretary has the right credentials in the woke world, uh, but it's just it's, it's embarrassing. And, and here's the thing, Alan, you've been around forever doing this. It, it's stunning to watch the media just roll over and, and not object. I mean, it, it, I don't agree ideologically, but they should object. It's just such blatant lying out of the White House. I, and, and they just roll over and move on. I mean, it's really a kind of ending of serious journalism. And especially when it comes to, say, the Second Amendment, they just don't even bother. Well, fortunately, the Constitution, again, is the people's written directive to the government it created, not the other way around. Not one of these branches has the right to thwart the mandates of the very document from which their powers are derived and to which they're each subordinate. And the media um, undercuts their own credibility every time they exhibit that they are unaware of that reality. When they embrace government narratives as somehow having a, 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 a greater priority over the people's right to oppose those narratives, the people's right to dissent, then they just undercut their own journalistic uh, credibility. And right. when it comes to the Second Amendment, uh, people have to understand these rights are absolute. I mean, look, there are two dueling perspectives on the Second Amendment. you got the collective right to own firearms, which the left say is contingent upon the existence of a militia. And then you got the individual right, which is reliant upon, really, the citizen's independent preference. Now, let's look at the Second Amendment. Again, a well-regulated militia, meaning in good working order, because that's what it meant at the time. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, let's look at this here. Inarguably... A militia is an on-call citizen's army, okay? And if needed, becomes a recruitment of the already armed. And given that dynamic, you must first have an ongoing right of the people to keep in their arms in order to quickly form the militia upon which that free state security is predicated, right? So the reference to a well-regulated militia is a parenthetical rationale about said military being in good working order. It's not a government-sourced contingency, or am I being too persnickety here? No, no, and, and you're being logical, which is, uh, which is, uh, you know, haunting for the left. But again, I, you know, this would all be good, and I, you know, I can almost hear you and Phyllis Schlafly having these conversations about the truth when nobody in the media and on the left cares what the truth is. They don't care what the argument is. They don't care about it, what a syllogism is. They're going to assert their power over the people. They're going to push it onto onto us, whether we like it or not. The danger, Alan, that I think we're living in, the times we're in, that is so, in some ways, really horrifying, is the power of not just media. That, the media is, in a way, 
fading in their own into their you know new, news apps. CNN's ratings are as low as ever. All this, but the big tech, big tech, they are against us on all this. And you know, one example. I don't know. Have you seen yet the manifesto of the Nashville shooter? And they won't let us see it in America. We won't get to see it. Well. If you, you know, if there was a manifesto and it was a white guy, I'm sorry, we would have seen it by now. And we're not seeing it. Why aren't we seeing the manifesto? Again, I don't know what it says. I just well, think it's gonna, crazy that we're not being seen. Well, they're going to have to be very concerned because if you are tyrannical, that's the, the I always said this, the only time the American people can revolt yeah. against government is when the government's been caught red-handed rebelling against the people. Now, how, can you, how do you judge that? How do you measure it? Well, you look at the Constitution, you look at government behavior, and the degree to which government deviates from that founding document is the extent to which it is in rebellion against us. And we do have that Second Amendment right to uh, ensure what's necessary to the security right. of a free state. Now, again, we don't want to be willy-nilly, herky-jerky, allow the institutions to have their checks and balances and reciprocal checks and balances. But if it, if it turns out that aggregate government in total, winds up disconnecting itself from the Constitution, well, then it correspondingly undercuts its own credibility because its credibility is solely predicated on the Constitution. I mean, it, that's why I always say none of these branches has the right to thwart the mandates of the very document from which their powers are derived and to which they are each subordinate. And, 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 right. and but, I've always but, said but, the but, only but, time but, the but, people the only time the people can revolt against government is when government uh, rebels against them. Now, now listen, understanding that a free state or the free state in question, because again, the Second Amendment says that uh, you know we, we have to we have the Second Amendment because it's necessary for the security of a free state. Understanding that the free state in question might have a population needing to protect itself from a potentially rogue local government or state government or federal government. Think about it. Its affirmed free state entitlement would be in danger if the left's collective versus individual right to gun ownership actually prevailed as the standard. I mean, it would subordinate citizens to the very threat against which they might theoretically have to fight in order to keep their freedom inviolate. Isn't that fair to point out? Yes, yes. So the only thing that I, I qualifier is, when you have a government that has shown us uh, in the last decade, 20 years or so, over and over again that, that we cannot trust them, you know, distrust and verify is, is turning Reagan on its head. But that's about what I feel. So distrust first. And it's tough to feel, oh, take our word for it on this. I, you know, I was on a different program, Alan, today. They're saying that the TSA needs to have a, a watch list for people that misbehave on planes. And I thought, well, does that put Alan Nathan and Ed Martin? Because misbehavior and is, is having the wrong views and saying them out loud and, and be, being somehow uh, loud enough about it that you might be effective. And, uh, you know, we do a whole other program on this part of it. But I, watching the law be weaponized against the American people it doesn't help to say you're outside of the Constitution if you're being led to jail. Well, that's why I think the left will be eventually put to sleep, because of that <laughs> very kind of inverted burden of proof structure in all arguments. It's not sustainable. I mean, yeah. to say that they want to have a list of people who are supposedly not behaving properly presupposes that what they deem to be unacceptable behavior is, in fact, a violation of law right. versus right. being merely another representation of dissent. And, I mean, there's a limit to how long folks can take seriously assertions endlessly predicated on what are merely just other assertions with only shaming tactics used as their validation. F that. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Here on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.